and welcome to another episode of the O3C podcast, coming to you from O3C Games. O3C, us two here. I'm Jonathan Dunn, <laughs> and I am joined by my childhood friend, Chris Dow. A shop-soiled chocolate orange. And we are chatting about video games, if you please. Announcement! Announcement! If you'd like to help us out, either by way of a tangible moneyed contribution or by helping further the show's reach across social media please do check out o3c.game support there's a link to our patreon page there's a link to a one-off paypal donation button and there's also links to quickly share the show on the old socials we would really appreciate the support as we hope you've appreciated the last 200 odd episodes yeah cheers so we're back. Last week we had a playdate update and we chatted about the middling spell corked and the intermediary inventory nini hero. <laughs> Tahini. <laughs> Tahini. <laughs> they were fine. They were fine. Middle of the pack, but not bad. Not bad. Next week we will be back with another playdate update where we talk about snack and sasquatches. So this week, we are just going to catch each other up on what we've been playing in the last bloody week. What are you buying? What are you playing? You know what, Chris? Do you want to hear about what I've played? Go on, then. I've continued to play Dead Cells. Uh, Obviously. (laughs) You'll be be pleased to know. I'm having a ruddy good time with that. Again, I'm not going to waste time filling in all of the minutiae of what I've been doing for literally no one that cares but i will say this something i said a couple of weeks ago has potentially come to light because there's evidence appearing for a re-release of the game i did see a playstation 5 listing isn't there of a native yes for dead cells return to castlevania edition uh, which which would presumably contain everything the new castlevania crossover dlc and all of the other stuff as well as a current gen upgrade which would i mean the idea of playing dead cells in 4k at 120 frames per second would probably see me octuple dip for it <laughs> i'd 100 get it start a new Worth save it. and do it on that it'd be great it would be great switch physical traded that in switch digital switch special edition ps4 pc iphone and apple arcade that's a fair whack plus like a big art book that I bought. Is there a board game? Do you own it? There's not a board game, no. I yeah. feel like there could be. There's a board game of everything nowadays, Chris. Nowadays, Chris, there's a board game of everything. Dead Cells would be one thing. One of the <laughs> other things that happened in this last week is I got I got sucked into a freemium idle game. Oh. Which I have since deleted. Oh. <laughs> what was it? And what was the monetary cutoff point? Okay. Okay, well, I'll tell you what happened. Lay on the it table, was... come on. Okay, you know what? I've got no shame. And I, I have shame, the right amount of shame, but, yeah. you know, I, Appropriate I'm, I'm going to be honest. It was called Eat Venture, and uh, it, you game. basically ran a restaurant, and it's an idle game, so you sold tomatoes and then upgraded them, and then added something else, like crisps, and then added something else. <laughs> and then... Sounds like the worst restaurant <laughs> yeah. in the world. <laughs> it was... It was like the the reason why I stopped so you basically you start with like a coffee shack on the middle of the street and then once you sort of fully upgraded that you upgrade to a slightly bigger restaurant slightly bigger slightly bigger 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 and then once you've done the biggest one then you fly to a new city and you basically start again with like a a variation of 
a coffee shack, you'd be like, oh, a donut stall or whatever. So that's your, I, your prestige sort of mechanic. That sort, of sort of, yeah. yeah. But then I realised after going through that whole loop a few times that even though you sort of can upgrade your stats, so it's like I permanently got like a plus, like 190% profit or something, the starting amounts were then getting increasingly bigger as well. And I have a severe hunch that it was all being randomly generated because you'd be like, oh, now it's a coffee and sushi place and i was just like i really am just a cog in a wheel within a cog within a cog (laughs) i paid to remove ads because i was enjoying it and i thought okay that'll be fun but then yeah that was 4.99 and then i bought a 12.99 pack which gave me a whole bunch of premium outfits Uh aha of course and and some other bits and bobs and some in-game currency and then i was like no, I'm just going to cut myself off. That's sensible. It is sensible, before it got ridiculous. And I then yeah. deleted another idle game that I'd already downloaded, ready to move on to, because I'd seen that advertised by fucking Tony Adams or something in, in, <laughs> in another in-game ad. Absolutely ridiculous. But I have made a start on Cozy Grove on my iPhone, oh, which yes. I did say I was going to have a little look at. On Apple Arcade? Yeah, on Apple Arcade. And it's really, really lovely. I feel like I would enjoy it more playing it with a controller, Uh, Just because you sort of tap to move around or tap and drag to move around. And it's fine. It's absolutely fine. But I think it would be better controlling it with a control pad. And I have actually, I've booted it up on my iMac as well to see how it controlled, like with mouse and keyboard and same sort of issue, to be honest. Mm. But it is really nice. And I, I think it's got a nice aesthetic to it. It's got a nice tone to it. And yeah, we'll see if, like I said, it's a, it's a bit too fiddly for me to sort of play without being fully switched on so i don't know we'll see we'll see but the main activity of my week has indeed been what are you playing uh, or to be to be more specific what are you playing <laughs> where is he supposed to be from the new merchant i haven't even told you what i'm playing chris <laughs> because well, I, I have just... been playing hot jam monster trucks <laughs> sunny chiba edition um <laughs> I have been playing Resident Evil 4 Remake, um, yes, and yes, it is yes. it is absolutely phenomenal and stunning and perfect and incredible, but why, oh, why, oh, why have they replaced the voice actor for the merchant? I don't know. Obviously, it's a very minor blemish in an otherwise, I mean, literally perfect game, but it's such a key moment of nostalgia that it just feels a bit off. I understand that they need to add some more dialogue in because there's, there's more sort of dialogue options and like he's got a more of an expanded role. But why didn't you just go back and get the original guy? I'd probably be all right if they just totally changed the characterization of the character yeah. rather than having someone almost do it the same. It's like when you hear Dan Castellaneta voicing the genie in Return yeah. of Jafar. Yeah. It's fine and decent, but it's just a bit off. It just makes me miss the original voice actor. You know, it's like it's like dumping a girlfriend and then going out with someone who wears the same perfume as her. It's <laughs> comforting, but sad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but let's not continue to pretend that this game is nothing other than an absolute masterpiece. Much like the recent Metroid Prime Remaster game, the blueprint for the latest Resi remake was already 10 out of 10. But this has obviously been given considerably more than like an admittedly stellar paint job that Retro Studios gave Metroid Prime. Yeah. Resi 4 has been rebuilt from the ground up. Well, sort of, but it's 
obviously built on the same engine as the Resi 2 and 3 remakes and Resident Evil Village. So it feels as good to play as those games and it gives the already brilliant gameplay of the original Resident Evil 4 a modern spit polish, adding in more functions for combat and movement and user-facing and quality of life improvements. But the overall structure and level design and general enemy and boss designs, they're all present and correct with things in roughly the same place as you'll remember them. But every single little detail has been given just the most incredible attention to detail and brought to brand new, gruesome, grunting, gory life in, honestly, what's probably the best looking game I've played so far. Yeah. Usually I would go with the prioritised frame rate option for the graphics so that I'd get that silky smooth 60 frames per second. But I, I did switch over and have a look at the ray traced performance prioritised setting from what I can tell, bang on 60 frames per second as well. Yeah. I am tempted to even up it even more and move my PlayStation 5 downstairs to have it on the uh, the big OLED TV and play it in the middle of the night and just bathe in its glory. Maybe I'll save that for when you're next down for a visit. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't have to play it. You wouldn't have no, to play it. Just watch me enjoy it. No, I would I would happily watch. I would happily watch, as long as I could also have a little hidey cushion. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you... You can hide behind my dog. You can just, just, there we just go. hide behind... That little anxious cauliflower. <laughs> I mentioned this about the game when I spoke about it literally years ago when it featured in my top 100 list. But one of the things I love most about this game is that it doesn't forget that it's a game. It's not pretending it's a film. It's prioritising gameplay and it's got loads of really fun and slightly silly things in the game for you to do. Like having the merchant's little side missions to hunt hidden targets in certain areas or try and find a golden chicken egg to sell him or there's like the shooting range challenge that you know you can then get bonus trinkets from to decorate your attache case uh, for some extra little buffs and it's just fun and like i know like the mercenaries mode is coming to the game in like a future update that's like the full-on all guns blazing arcade score chasing mode which i was never a, a huge fan of but it's another great example of how they're considering all the different types of gamers in their audience and making a product for them to enjoy in, you know, lots of different ways. Yeah. It's just such a fun game. Like, I'm really enjoying finding all of the wonderful new details whilst also having a trip down memory lane whilst also playing a brand spanking new modern game. It's just incredible. It's incredible. I mean, I had no doubt that they would deliver with this remake given the quality of the two and three remakes and, like, Resident Evil Village being the best new Resident Evil game since the original Resident Evil 4 came out. Yeah. I can't imagine that Capcom are going to continue with this trend and remake 5 and 6 next, because, I mean, for one, they're still fairly modern-ish, but also I just don't think the market's going to be there for them in the same way. Yeah. And I think in order to make them appeal to the critics of the originals, they'd have to change too much for it to warrant even just being a remake. They may as well just make a brand new game which would sell for more money and sell in much more plenty. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Plus, I don't know what state it's in now, but there is this like Resident Evil live multiplayer online thing that's like been in beta, I think, for a while. That would probably scratch that co-op multiplayer itch for any of the fans of Resident Evil 5. And again, would provide a better revenue stream for Capcom going forward. Let me look it up a sec. It was called like... Is it called Reverse? Yeah, reverse, as in like the Resident Evil verse, like you'd have the metaverse or the multiverse. Yeah. And what is it? <laughs> it's an online exclusive deathmatch between beloved Resident Evil characters. 
And it's live now. Yeah, it just says now available, supported platforms, PS5, PS4, Xbox, Steam. It's got cross-platform support and all of that stuff. I think it's free, but I got it like for free when I bought Resident Evil Village. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. I don't know if it's any good. I don't know if it's popular. I don't know what state it's in at all. But maybe I'll I'll have a look into that and report back next week. Maybe. I wonder what Capcom are going to do. Well, they could remake the original Resident Evil game in this like modern context, not like the original, original remake or the HD remake of that original, original remake. <laughs> or they could like combine it with Resident Evil Zero and release it as like Resident Evil Origins or something like that. Remake. Or they could go into a different franchise and they could remake or remaster Beautiful Joe. Love that. <laughs> That's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> oh, I know, but it would be great. Oh. It would be great. Imagine that looking all 4K and shiny. And, that would look or good. Or on the OLED. Oh, beautiful kiss. Yeah. Are you going to play Resident Evil 4, Chris? Oh, yeah, I've already bought it across all the platforms I own. So, uh, you know, I've got it queued up in the Steam library. I've got the PS5 version on the way. Bought it on the PS4 as well, even though it's, uh, you know, free upgrade. No, of course I'm not, Jonathan Dunn. Hmm. You foolish man. You just can't stand it. I think, As in, like, you can't stand that yeah. oppressive atmosphere. And I think by all accounts that I've read and heard, this mm. remastering, remaking of Resident Evil 4... Oh, it's made that worse. Yeah, it leans more into kind of the yeah. unpleasant horror sort of vibe. Yeah. Whereas I could just about step back from old, original Resident Evil 4 because it did have kind of the gamey silliness to it as well. Yeah. So as much as I might have hated a particular encounter... It was then broken up by really dumb dialogue or it was broken up by some sort of shifting puzzle or something that just felt almost like a different thing. Yeah. I could rearrange my guns in my briefcase. That's still there. Yeah. It's still brilliant. I'll play that bit. It is what it is, Chris. It is what it is. And what it is, is not for me. <laughs> and that's fine. And that yeah. is fine. Yeah. Hey, Chris, what is for you? What have you played this last week? It's one of these polar opposite weeks between us, I think. You're playing the very newest game, and I'm playing a bunch of old games on the Evercade. Ah, <laughs> uh, classic. I'm just super duper back into the Evercade at the moment. You know, the issues with my dead pixel EXP console have not quite been resolved just yet, which is annoying. But even outside of that device, it being so fresh in my mind has just made me get right back into the whole ecosystem of the Evercade family, as it were. The EXP is a huge step up from the original handheld. Like, I've not played it that much because the dead pixel drives me mildly insane, actually. But it's a much brighter screen. It's higher resolution. It's got much better viewing angles. It's got better battery life. It's got a really nice pleasant weight in your hand and it's got a whole host of other little bonuses as well that have rolled over from the home console vs system as well so mm. there are some hidden built-in games there's a much snappier ui it's just nicer to use exclusive to this particular device as well that you can't play on the vs are the 18 capcom games that come pre-installed on the handheld yes sir and it's just a cool little bonus you know it represents some of their nes and super nintendo and arcade games and there's a whole bunch of shoot ups in that collection that i'm keen to play properly but that pixel yeah it's really annoying <laughs> you know so it's not gonna happen right now the last usp of this new device as well is it's got a tate mode button on the side of the console which spins the image 90 degrees oh yes so vertical orientation arcade games look and feel like they're supposed to because back in the day it was literally the monitor was flipped on its side and that's how games were designed and this lets you do that and it's cool to try out but like i said i just don't want to try it out properly until I know this is a shiny, perfect display. But it's all very, very cool. 
so whilst I wait to get hold of a minty fresh device, sans dead pixel, I've used this new swirl of excitement to just play through a bunch of old games across cartridges that I've had for quite a while, using both the original portable, the OG machine like you've got, as well as the VS under the TV. And I've just been having a really nice time. Like the whole thing, I like the chunky feel of both these devices. I like the feel of the controller for the home console. And even though the EXP is a much smarter, more refined thing, like it's basically the DS Lite versus the original DS, I still get a real kick out of just the whole family of machines. I like that they exist. I like that people are supporting this in in kind of a cool way. So a few games that I have played, and in some cases beaten, I played and beat a modern homebrew NES game called Doodle World. It's on the Indie Heroes collection cart. It's a very brisk, speedrun-friendly platformer that feels closest to something like the original Super Mario Land on the Game Boy because it's got very small sprites. It's got little bonus rooms. Like It really did put me in mind of that game. I played through the full thing and allowed myself a save state at the start of each stage to begin with. And then I enjoyed it so much that I went back and did the whole game legitimately with no pausing or save scumming, as it were. (laughs) Because start to finish, it's only 15, 20 minutes. But I did still have a few failed runs as it's also one hit kills and it can be easy sometimes to fall into a bit of a death spiral if you're not thinking properly. Yeah. But it's a really friendly use of an hour. I think that's a word I'm going to start using more when games feel friendly. Mm. (laughs) You know, it's just a nice time. On the same cartridge, I then played through an action RPG called Anguna Warriors of Virtue. Did the whole thing. It's like a trimmed down version of a classic Legend of Zelda title, essentially. So it's pretty straightforward though I did have to consult a guide a fair few times as some of the dungeon solutions often involved walking through walls to reach necessary switches and items, which felt pretty counterintuitive. Yeah. As the game went on, I started just making a point of grinding against every seemingly solid wall, which did help, (laughs) although probably looked pretty stupid to any of the monsters in the dungeons. Oh, and they really talk amongst themselves about you as well. Yeah, yeah. I I heard him whispering and it almost put me off Mm, playing. Yeah. But the fact that I was forced to play in this way kind of, highlights that it's got pretty so-so design that was enjoyable enough but it's it's not that polished i think this is always one of the risks with aftermarket games for old hardware because minish cap say on the gba not that i've played it more than five minutes but it had a whole team working on it a whole team of qa testers likely a cycle of alpha and beta versions just to get the basics working before they even thought about dungeon designs yeah and anguna is made by one guy essentially who apparently just thought one day I wonder if I could code a GBA game. And then over time, it became a fully-fledged project. You know, a thought experiment made flesh. So I enjoyed it overall, but clearly it's not that polished. The map is a decent size, though. There's five large dungeons to tackle, mostly non-linearly, which is cool. There was apparently a later revision of this game that added a sixth dungeon as well, but that version is not on the Evercade cartridge, which is a shame, but, you know. Bastards. It it is what it is. I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it. Next up, a game that I've been playing in fits and starts for a little while now, and I think my in-game time is now like eight, nine hours, which is a long time for me to play anything. This is on the Pico Interactive Collection, and this is a game called Canon, The Legend of the New Gods. It's a strategy RPG along the lines of Shining Force or a really paired back Fire Emblem. Right, eh? It originally launched exclusively in Taiwan in the mid-90s and then was localised and licensed by Pico in like the 2010s, I think. Mm. It had like a physical Mega Drive release at that time and then it's obviously been collected on this cartridge as well. It's simple grid-based combat with each kind of encounter centering around trying to effectively plan and move to exploit ending positions with ranged attacks and, and everything else. The story is layered, but largely incomprehensible. 
Apparently it loosely follows ancient Chinese law, but the number of characters introduced means it can be really hard to follow. And without wanting to sound culturally or racially insensitive, Jesus Christ. it can be really hard to remember who's who from a group of names like Lin Yun, Yan Rong, Yang Zhan, Huang Hu. Huang Hu? <laughs> hey! Bum, bum. Because the sprite art is pretty nondescript. There's no large-scale character portraits and dialogue scenes. There's obviously no voice acting. And the localization is all very one voice. So I'll watch a cutscene and kind of be like, who is talking? Who was that? What is their motivation here? But I do really like the game. Like, I've played it swapping the cart between my systems. So a bit of handheld, a bit of the TV. And I'm just having a good time. It does highlight one thing about the Evercade that is a mild frustration, though. Very mild, but it is there. That if you are using a game's inbuilt save function, so if the game had, like, battery backup on the cartridge originally, it doesn't save it formally until you exit the game properly. So if you were playing and you just switch it off, the game doesn't kind of dump that save to the actual save note, as it were. Like, right. it's kind of just in RAM until you close the ROM, and then it's written to, like, a static file. And on a couple of occasions, playing it handheld, I've just forgotten what I was doing and just switched it off when I thought I was safe and yeah. lost half an hour of progress. And that's a bit frustrating. But that's a me problem. You know, I could just be using the save states. They're right there to use, and they would be no problem at all. But for whatever reason, I've gone the legit use the proper save system. <laughs> Don't skip what you're being asked to do. And unfortunately, that's bitten me once or twice. The last game I wanted to mention, I actually played a good while back when I had COVID, like a good month or so ago. Oh, but I just good COVID was. Oh, loved it, loved it. Can't wait to have it again. Yeah. But I just never brought it up on the show for whatever reason. It's called Tapeworm Disco Puzzle. It features on the second Indie Heroes collection. And it's a follow-up to a game called Flea that I beat last year via the Evercade, you know, way back when. Flea was a single-screen NES platformer where the twist was that your character was always jumping, so you had to carefully navigate areas and enemies, a little like Karu Karuin, oh. because you're always moving. You've got to think about what your character is doing. Love that. But Tapeworm's a totally different genre. It's a 100-stage single-screen puzzle game that takes influence from, like, Snake and Sokoban and a host of other titles that may or may not begin with S. Mm. <laughs> you know, but it's really cool. It's a very, very good game. In every stage, you're attempting to guide your Tapeworm to collect certain pickups, and every 10 stages or so, a new gimmick is introduced to make progress more difficult. Now, this game is notable, and I really should have mentioned it when I was playing it, because I had actually played its first 30 or so stages on the play date. I was going to say, I, I recognise Tapeworm from uh, yeah. the play and date. I'll add that it looks and sounds and controls really nicely on that handheld. You know, the crisp black and white really does do it justice. And I bought it close to the Playdate's launch and then in the excitement of the seasonal games and Bloom or whatever else we were talking about, I just never mentioned it on the show. Yeah. But when I saw it was getting a proper release via the Evercade car, I thought, oh, I'll give it another blast. And incredibly, the password system is the same across oh, whichever brilliant. platform you play it on, including the PC if you buy it on Steam. So I was able to pick up on the Evercade where I had left off on the little cranky handheld. Lovely. Which felt really odd, but very cool at the same time. <laughs> like such disparate machines to jump between them and still be able to carry on. But wherever you play it, it's a really good time. There's a few difficulty spikes that can be quite tough to overcome. But with a little perseverance, it was all doable. I beat it, like I said, in a COVID haze when I wasn't at my best. So it's not too hard. But there we go. You know, four weird games that... I would literally have never heard of if it wasn't for weird devices like the Evercade yeah. or the Playdate. And that's, I think, why I really, really like them. You know, in closing, Blaze, can you please send me a new device without a dead pixel? 
so I can continue to hawk your products for free on this podcast. Mm. Yeah. You know, I'm doing you a job, so you need to do me one. Cheers. <laughs> so there we go. That's what we've been playing this week. What have you been playing this week? Chris. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> let us know. Chat to us on social media at O3C Games on everything. Individually, I'm at Jonathan Dunn as well. You can chat to me. I'm at Chaz underscore Hodges. Check out our website, O3C.Games. Loads of great stuff on there. Check out the support page if you would like to pretend to be someone passing a hemorrhoid and do us a bloody solid. <laughs> Next week, we're back with a Playdate update. We'll be chatting to you about Snack and Sasquatches. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what they're about? I'll be updating you on my progress on Resident Evil 4, no doubt. Chris will be updating you on some absolute bump. So, <laughs> my bloody God. Lucky you. Bump! Do me a solid. Do me a solid. Do me a solid.